Hi everybody, I'm Ralph Benmergi. Welcome to Yehopitzville, brought to you by Pear Tree Canada. Well, my friends, we, we, we soldier on. We've been to some interesting places over the last little while. Uh, and uh, sometimes we're now leaving Canada to do things. And other times we are staying in the confines. Um, Stratford, Ontario. So when I think of Stratford, Ontario, I obviously think of the Shakespearean festival that goes on at Stratford every year. Uh, I also think of friends of mine who've moved to Stratford over the years, most of them in the arts, and how unique and wonderful it is to be in a town filled with art artists and uh, the kind of energy that they bring to the to the town itself. Uh, it's a beautiful place if you haven't been there. It, it's, you know, clearly based on Stratford-Pon-Avon in England, but it is Stratford-on-Avon, funnily enough, in Ontario. Uh, and um, unlike some of these sort of small picturesque towns, it has a little more gravitas to it. It's uh, a little earthier in its vibe than um, something like an Agra-on-the-Lake, which sort of seems like a gingerbread house come to life. So that's one of the things I've always enjoyed about it. Um, not a big Jewish population in Stratford. It's not exactly a, a center of Yiddishkeit in any way. But there are some people who decide at one point or another that that's where home will be. And my guest today is somebody who has uh, made that decision about 16 years ago and apparently liked the idea all the way through. Carrie Reford is my guest. Uh, she and her husband own three retail shops in uh, Stratford. And um, I want to hear her story about what it is to be Jewish in Stratford and what kind of things have been obstacles and what kind of challenges and what kinds of things she's done to overcome them. So, Carrie, welcome to Yehopitzville, and thank you for being my guest. Thank you so much for having me. So, uh, you moved 16 years ago, right? Yes. Why? Good question. Um, at the time, both my husband and I were living in Toronto. We had a home in Toronto. We were very settled, both professionals. I worked as a graphic designer for Roots Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, he worked as a, a set designer and uh, art director in the film industry in Toronto. So um, we were both going about our business, and then there became there came an opportunity where his parents had a business here in Stratford, and they were um, about to sell it, actually. They had some buyers that were going to buy this family business, which is uh, six generations now of uh, Stratford families that own this business. So um, kind of right towards the end of them signing the deal to sell the business, um, the deal fell through out of the blue. And um, my husband and I kind of looked at each other and said, wait a second, maybe that's something we want to explore. And we actually literally um, quit, quit what we were doing, sold our home, uh, told our family or my family specifically, because I'm from Toronto, he was from Stratford told my family we were moving to Stratford and then we got this blank stare from people like exactly what I told you, what you're moving to Yehupitzville, like why would you do that? You know, Torontonians don't think there's life outside of Toronto sometimes. So um, yeah, we decided to leave and long before everyone else decided to leave and um, we've never looked back. It's been a great decision for us. Hmm. Is your, if you don't mind my asking, is your husband Jewish? He is not Jewish, no. Right. No, he's not. Which would explain him being from Stratford at that that's point. That's right. That's right. So, um, yeah, I mean, when I was growing up, you know, I grew up in a very uh, Jewish upbringing, I guess you could say. 
a very diverse upbringing because um, I have I have the full gamut of religion on in my world. I have ultra orthodox to barely practicing, if at all. So, um, you know, my life has been very interesting because I've seen the whole gamut of what that looks like and uh, had to navigate that from and, and, and see what worked for me. Um, what did you find? Well, I'm still finding it, I think. You know, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's, it's always changing for me, to be honest. Like when I was younger, um, I went to private Hebrew school. I went to associated Hebrew school. Um, and, you know, I learned Hebrew and I made my friends for life. I'm still friends with my friends from grade five. Um, you know, I went to Jewish camp, I guess you could say, camp full of Jewish people. Um, but, you know, I was never religious. Um, I kind of went through the motions with my family, going to synagogue once in a while, high holidays. Um, but then I had more um, structure through my grandmother, my bubby, who was uh, very strongly entrenched in Judaism. And um, she had, you know, the typical Friday night Shabbat dinners that were a must. We always went every week. And so I had a very good foundation from her. Um, yeah, it was a very nice upbringing. Right. So mostly richly cultural would be perhaps accurate. Would that be right? Yeah. However, I lived in a in a little Jewish bubble, I think, you know, mm-hmm. um, all my friends were Jewish and the camp that I went to was Jewish. So, um, you know, there wasn't huge exposure outside of that, except for, you know, my parents had friends who were Italian and I really loved hanging out with them because they cooked different things and they enjoyed different music. And I really connected to that Italian heritage, which I think is similar to Judy, Jewish heritage in many ways. You know, family, food, togetherness, that kind of thing. And guilt. You go through Lots of guilt. guilt. Lots of guilt. <laughs> um, you know, and you asked, you know, how is it working out for me now? I mean, you know, when I came to Stratford, there was a very, like you said, there's a very small Jewish population here. So actually, when I first moved here, um, a woman sought me out. She literally came into our store and hunt, like hunted me down, <laughs> fresh Jewish meat, I guess. Um, very lovely woman. Um, she was actually not born Jewish. She was a convert to Judaism. But she is the one who basically pulled me into the Jewish circle here and introduced me to all the people. And uh, so I met all the people. <laughs> there aren't many. Um, but I'd say maybe like 60 people, roughly. It's not bad. No. Um, but the, when I met these people, they were, not, they were very similar to me. You know, they right. were probably married to someone who wasn't Jewish or they were, you know, LGBTQ or, you know, like they, they were not your typical um, Jewish group. There was a story to every family. And so I, I appreciated that because I, I had a different story too uh, with my husband not being Jewish. So, um, you know, I was encouraged to marry Jewish, let's just say, growing up. Yeah, encouraged is a nice word. <laughs> uh, I was I was strongly encouraged when I got married, when I got engaged. Um, you know, there was some some pushback from some people, but um, I've never really been one to pay too much attention to that kind of thing. Okay, so you're in Stratford, you're doing your life. Um, at a certain point, for a lot of Jewish people, there's either a little bit of anti-Semitism or a lot of bit of anti-Semitism. Uh, what was the what was that in your life in Stratford? What 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 has it been? So 
When I came to Stratford, my husband and I did not have children. And that was one of the reasons we moved. And then we had our children. And, um, you know, I decided that from a very young age, I was going to go into my kids' schools and participate as a Jewish person and teach them about some of the things that we do. My feeling at the time was these people might never have met a Jewish person in their life and have never had exposure. So let's make friends. Let's show them what we got. And, um, you know, it usually involved celebrating Hanukkah or Passover, you know, those fun holidays where there's interesting, unique foods and songs. And um, so I did that. I went into my both my kids' schools from... Um, from a like from very young age in kindergarten all the way up till I guess till the pandemic um, but you know I think the kids really enjoyed it the schools enjoyed having some diversity coming in but it was definitely something that I initiated and um, you know there were other things in the community that I, I got involved in um, there was Hanukkah parties that um, another family in town had been throwing and then they they ended up um, moving home so they couldn't they couldn't have the party there anymore so I got involved with the Stratford Chef School and one of the chefs there was Jewish and so we we created this Hanukkah party at the Stratford Chef School that was a community event so anybody could come and, and enjoy that that was really nice and we had uh, we imported my booby from Toronto and we did a challah baking seminar and um, different things like that that where again we had a we had a huge Passover seder, a community seder for sixty people involving many people in the um, the the food community here, like restaurateurs and chefs. And uh, I had met a, a guy here who's from a, a a small town next to the kibbutz that my aunt lives in in Israel. So uh, you know, we just did some fun community based activities that were really just revolving around food, if you know, and a little bit of culture and uh, history, but. Um, so, so when I came to Stratford and was involved in all of those things, it was great. And my kids were growing up and everything's fine. And I just, I did not ex experience any anti-Semitism actually. Um, people were very welcoming to hear. Um, and it wasn't until this past, uh, fall, last fall where something started brewing and, um, you know, that's when... I realized, okay, you know, there's a problem. First of all, I started to hear about many, many, many reports of anti-Semitic incidents across Canada in um, schools. So, of course, my alert was up um, there, and then it started to happen in Stratford. I became aware of a number of situations and instances where there was some, um, you know, there was a range of things from inappropriate to um, problematic, I would say. So, this is your kids ended up interacting um, with people who were saying things and um, doing things? There were instances that I heard of through my kids, yeah. Through your kids. Uh, can you tell me roughly what the incidences were? I have really tried not to go into that um, discussion. Um, I've been asked a few times, but um, I'm trying not to expose exactly what happened. Um, I would say... It would be anything from smaller things like, um, you know, salutes, Heil Hitler salutes mm -hmm. to um, videos, very inappropriate videos with strong mm -hmm. language. Mm -hmm. So, um, but again, my thing is that, you know, when I, when I became aware of these instances, 
you know, as concerning and alarming as it was, my first instinct was just that these are kids making mistakes. Like they're obviously misinformed and they don't know what's going on. That, you know, that was our first, first thought, to be honest. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, so that was a bit of a journey and it it was, um, it was, it it took a while for me to process um, how, what's the best way to deal with this in Stratford, you know, what's the, what's the next step, you know? There was, um, you know, instances dealing with the school system here that were very helpful on some levels. Um, I got a lot of support for schools. But at the end of the day, I felt like um, once the incidents had been dealt with, I was wondering, what's next? Like, they've been dealt with as far as school is concerned, but I didn't feel like that was solving any problem. Right. It was just, here's an incident... They've been told it's inappropriate, things are moving on, and you're feeling like, well, wait a minute, what's underneath it, right? Yes, and I was not ready to move on. So, I mean, it's not that I wasn't ready to move on, but I wanted to make sure it moved on in the appropriate way. And, you know, I think the whole experience of what was happening in Stratford at the time um, in, in these situations, it really awakened something in me and I realized this was something that um, I experienced when I was in grade one at Associated Hebrew School mm-hmm. and I realized that when I was in grade one I very clearly remember going through um, it was kind of like an installation of must have been Holocaust Memorial time where they set up an exhibit in our school and all of us kids got marched through the exhibit and we had to you know go and look at the pictures and read the stories and hear the you know watch movies. And um, I remember at the time it being very traumatic, actually. Um, I was very, very young, grade one. um, And I think that that really impacted me as a child. And it impacted my whole life because um, it made me understand that innocent people could be targeted. Regular people, just like me, could be targeted for no good reason. So my whole life, kind of thought about that in the back of my mind. Um, And then, you know, with what's going on in the world, whether it be the American politics, um, what's going on in Ukraine, so many different things stirring the pot. And, um, um, you know, I felt like I really just, my mind kept being drawn back to that time when I was younger and the impact that it had on me. And so there just happened to be a confluence of events here in Stratford that took place that just made um, some action possible. Um, let me backtrack for a second here. Um, in 2015, um, in Stratford, there was, um, through the Stratford Festival Theater, there was a diary of Anne Frank playing here in Stratford. At the time, um, the local um, Stratford Perth Museum um, commissioned um, an, a traveling exhibit from Holland, from the Anne Frank House, and they had that at the Stratford Museum. And at the um, Gallery Stratford here in town, they had um, a showing of Holocaust portraits of Holocaust survivors um, from my brother, actually, who's a photographer. So they had this wonderful trifecta of content happening in Stratford at the time. And that was a really... It was really well received in the community. I was actually surprised at how many people were interested in learning about the Holocaust or interested in seeing the show or interested in coming to this discussion about Holocaust survivors. There was a lot of people who were, you know, interested in hearing these stories. And I was a little bit surprised by that, to be honest. Mm -hmm. 
Um, anyways, cut to um, 2022. Um, it just so happened that I knew through the direct, the uh, executive director of the museum that they had the Anne Frank exhibit again here in Stratford. And I reached out to um, John Kastner, who's the director there, and we were talking. He asked me if um, we'd be willing to sponsor the, the exhibit, and we said yes. And then um, he asked me if there was anything he could do, you know, like, would we like to host something there? And I said, well, actually, <laughs> and then I told him what, what's been going on behind the scenes and what my concerns were about, you know, the youth in Stratford having this, like, black hole where they're not getting proper information about this subject and then there's been instances that are happening in our community and i said um would you be willing to let me bring um a couple classes from my kids school so they could come through and experience the exhibit the exhibit at this museum has a, a docents who lead the tour so i thought that could be really beneficial so he took it one step further and he said, well, you can bring all of the classes from the school. And there were 18 classes. And then he helped me arrange busing through some of his connections. So what went from like a really off the cuff conversation came like a real action plan to make a difference. And we were able to get all 18 classes from the school into the exhibit. And uh, so the school itself helped you too. They were cooperative yeah. they wanted this to happen absolutely absolutely so, after I, you know i did reach out to them and say this is what i'd like to do there's an interesting thing here though because when you think of yourself in grade one and i remember being in hebrew school and the teachers were holocaust survivors but also we were watching these newsreels that were just horrific unimaginable and I had that same feeling you had of you can just be a person and people will still want to murder you because they decided that you're not human and they can kill you and uh, you know that's really hard to process as a little kid so when these kids go and see things in Stratford was there any part of you that was thinking I hope this isn't just traumatic I hope that it's it's it helps them to understand without making them feel like the world is a dark and ugly place and, you know, why are we here? Yeah, I mean, I, I did go through the exhibit with um, a, cl a class from the school. Um, I wanted to go through and see it through their eyes, like what their experience is like. And um, they had had some, they must have had some exposure through their teachers prior to going through the exhibit. So right, getting them ready. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because they were asking questions or were able to answer some questions when they were asked by the docent. Um, of course, I don't want to traumatize anyone, but I, I also feel like, given what I knew what was being going on at the school, I felt like, you know, I heard Bernie Farber um, on CBC not too long ago. I was sitting in the parking lot at my local Sobeys before I went into the grocery store, and he was talking about the fact that when there is anti-Semitic behavior and people are saying things and doing things and there's no one around to counter that. Mm -hmm. There's a real problem. And that's what I felt. I felt like there was no one around telling these kids opposite of what they think. So when, when the kids were going through the exhibit, the first thing I did notice was how many of them were from racial, different racial backgrounds, which, uh, you know, and, and different, you know, other kinds of backgrounds like LGBTQ. So I was really interested as to what their 
viewpoints might be because um, just because you're Jewish, you know, most of us are white. We blend in sometimes, but when you're visibly different um, because of your skin color, if you wear a head covering, like I could see that they were paying attention, see that they, they understood. Yeah, a lesson in otherness, as it were, as opposed to the proprietary sense that this only happens to Jewish people. Exactly, exactly. And that that was kind of, um, you know, and also for them to see that, yeah, it doesn't only, like it happens to all kinds of people, no matter what your background is. And I just felt like there was um, a sense of community around that idea. Yeah. So in the end, do you think it changed anything? You know, I was talking to the docent who led one of the tours and, you know, he said he had some breakthrough with some of the students and then some of them he just didn't know what they were thinking. And I said to him, you know, I just want you to know that whatever they learned here today might not be visible today. This might be something that comes out 10 years down the road, but you have planted a seed and it is now in there. And I appreciate that. And I really firmly believe um, that these kids... They, they were exposed and, and their minds were open to something that they would not have otherwise been exposed to. And whether or not we can see it immediately, I do believe that there would be uh, an impact on their behavior. Have you heard of any other incidents since then at the school? Yes, I More. have. Yeah. So, again, I think with children, especially in that grade, this is a middle school, so it's grade seven and eight. Like, I don't know if you remember grade seven and eight, but I really do. (laughs) I I have a kid in grade seven right now. It's a very challenging age. And um, I remember all the things that I did and said, and all the things my friends did, like we were terrible. But um, we we all, as terrible as we may have been to our teachers, (laughs) we all turned out pretty normal and, you know, very, very nice people, I think, and um, raising good children. So, um, so you have faith in that seed. I do. I do. I do. I absolutely do. Um, The other thing that I'm really heartened by is that um, after this whole, you know, um, we got some press um, to do Mm. with the story. And, um, and as you know, I got a wonderful interview by Peter Mansbridge after that and um on his podcast and i've had so many people reaching out to me sending messages calling writing emails you know offering support how can we help but um since that discussion i have had firstly a beautiful letter come through from the anne frank house from the director of education over there when she saw the article and the podcast and the news and the the fact that 18 classes went through she's blown away she was so happy to hear this story and she was basically saying like this is exactly what we are about is like small people making changes in their communities through this type of um, educational process so she actually extended the um show that's here in stratford with along with um john kastner at the museum and are and working with the school we're going to get the next year's students like in the fall they're going to be able to go through the show as well and then we're going to look at how to extend this both um, into the future in Stratford and hopefully travel the exhibit to other schools uh, in small communities or in our in our southwestern Ontario. That's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think, you, you know, you could have just had your kids tell you about those incidents and been upset and looked at different people and thought, oh, I wonder what you're thinking. But instead, you... you because there happened to be this at the same moment, this capacity building 
experience that was going on in Stratford itself, you you managed to capitalize on that and do something with it and plant seeds. I think it's a beautiful thing that you did that. I, I hope you uh, you know that, you know, it, it's that idea, if you can change one life, you've changed the world, right? You know? Yeah, and I think it's also, um, like as a parent and as I'm growing and maturing, I guess, you know, our first instinct might be to get angry and to, you know, get into a conflict with someone. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the first instinct and to, you know, think it's you against us. Mm -hmm. But what I'm really learning is, um, we need to reach out across the the lines here and see what we have in common because we have so much more in common than, than we don't have in common. Including stories that are sad, uh, and otherness that is perpetrated upon us regardless of who we are. So yeah, beautiful. Carrie, thank you. I really appreciate you taking this time. Well, thank you so much for uh, wanting to hear about me living in Yehubitsville over here in Stratford. It's a very nice Yehubitsville. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come up there now. I, okay, I keep well, saying I want to go to Stratford, and I, I don't, so I'm going to come up. Well, please come visit. It's a perfect uh, short trip from Toronto, Hamilton, wherever you are. It's, uh, it's a really beautiful community, and, and uh, very, very fortunate to be living here. Lovely. Carrie Reeford has been my guest. This has been Yehubitsville, sponsored by Pear Tree Canada reducing the after-tax cost of giving for Canadian major gift donors. Learn more at PeartreeCanada.com. I'm your host, Ralph Benmergi. Our producer is the long-suffering Michael Freeman. Our music is by Louis Samayo. And if you want to travel with us across this great country, visiting more small Jewish communities, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to hear more of my work, I host another podcast, called Not That Kind of Rabbi. I also do one for Jazz FM called The Torch. And you can find my book and other things at ralphbenmergi.ca. The name of the book is I Thought He Was Dead. And if you want to hear more Canadian Jewish stories, you can find them at the Canadian Jewish News' website, cjn.ca. Thanks, and we'll see you next time in Yehopitzville. This episode has been brought to you by Looking Back, Moving Forward, 160 Years of Jewish Life in B.C. Published by the Jewish Museum and Archives of British Columbia for their 50th anniversary, this elegant volume is a -a once-in-a-generation collection of Jewish life and history throughout the province. Order your copy today at jewishmuseum.ca.